I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. And welcome to Happy Foot, Sad Foot, your LAFC gateway drug and the only LAFC podcast with three COVID-positive hosts. I'm Travis Helwig. I'm Vince LaRosa. I'm Darren Miller. Welcome to our 2023 LAFC season wrap-up and the first episode of the winter break before things heat up again for the 2024 season. That's right. It's a period of time that can only be called MLS on Ice. Disney Please sponsor us. Later in the show, we'll talk through the MLS rule changes, the controversial U.S. Open Cup decision, some news and notes, and of course, we'll have our storylines and figure out what to do with our bet it and forget it money. But first, I I think we need a little palate cleanser. I think we need to give the people what they want after a really tough couple of weeks. It's time for listener-mandated banter. The crowd goes insane. Wow. Darren, Vince, instead of how you doing, how you feeling? We're all we're all Ooh. sick with COVID. How you feeling? <laughs> this is the nasaliest podcast we've had. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm hearing myself in my headphones and I'm like, who is that? It's just not good. Darren, you've been living in that room for what, ten days? A week. Oh, this is this is day eight. You do have a rest. Yeah. You do have a restroom in there, right? Not just like a bucket and a sponge. <laughs> Luckily, I, yeah. I'm the only one who took Paxlovid. I've been negative for four days. It, it was in and out of me for five days. It was like nothing. I can't recommend oh it God. enough. I should take I Paxlovid every day. <laughs> we, I had a, a like a video chat appointment with my doctor, and I like. I think that was the time when I was supposed to play my symptoms up, and instead I downplayed them. And they were like, well, what's the deal? And I was like, well, I don't have a fever. I'm like just kind of congested, and you know, I just feel sick. And they're like, well, you don't need Paxlovid. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Let me start over. <laughs> you never tell your doctor the truth. I think that's a yeah. rule people don't <laughs> say. It. Always lie to your doctor. Who like doctor, who are the people that are like, oh, yeah, two, two drinks a week, doc? 
Like that's what you need to say every time. Yeah, no, and never tell them how much you're actually drinking. My therapist is my primary care doctor. Literally, (laughs) like our entire media ecosystem is set up around that. Like every other commercial is a commercial for some kind of disease that I've never heard of. Why are they showing this to us? Because clearly they want you to show up to your doctor and go, you know what, doc? I think I have this. And guess what? I already know what I need for it. It's called blah, blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't care what it costs. My insurance will pay for it. Don't take it if you're allergic to it. How would I know I'm allergic to it unless I've taken it yet, Doc? Give it to me now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Darren and I got it in Columbus. Vince, you just got it randomly. So it must be going around. around, I got it out in the wild somehow. Uh, It kind of swept through Cody's tattoo shop. So someone probably came from outside there. Yeah. I Really though, yeah, that's what I want to say is I just I felt like you guys I, I just felt left out because I didn't get to go to Columbus. <laughs> uh, I did not have to experience the misery firsthand and I just I needed some kind of proxy way to to get in and on in yeah, on it and, and this went beyond proxy. I went out and just got it. Just went out and got the misery. <laughs> you know, if there's one thing that we like to do on this show, it's be joined by Vince. So I'm glad that you really satisfied that thoroughly here. Yeah, and much like Happy Foot, Sad Foot, you joined about halfway through. Like you, <laughs> you're in, you're, you're with us now, but at first you weren't here, but now you're here. You know, yeah. I feel, yeah, and really I, I much also, like the season. The season is is was much like quarantine. It was much like having COVID, being stuck, <laughs> and being sick. You know, hey, that's a good way to pivot. To our season wrap-up storylines, Darren, if you want to take us away. Oh, also, I just want to say before we start, we're going to go into some detail talking about the rule changes and Open Cup and some of the other news this week. But we have a Patreon-only exclusive interview coming. I don't know exactly when it's going to be released, but it's coming in the next couple of days with Andrew Visnovsky, who was a former lawyer for Major League Soccer. I don't know exactly what his title is now. He's a sports lawyer. He goes by the soccer lawyer. He's going to go in-depth with us about the rule changes and the U.S. Open Cup controversy and how we got here and the conversation around it and the hysteria around it and who's right, who's wrong, and we'll fight with him. We're very excited to have that conversation and give it to you, but it's only available for our friends of the foot over at patreon.com slash happyfootsadfoot. So if you want to hear a more in-depth conversation, check that interview out. But if not, if you just want to hear the tertiary three idiots talking about it, you're in the right place, baby. Take us away, Darren. (laughs) Well, as a hardcore casual LAFC fan, which is how I'm branding myself now, it's updated for 2024. My love and dedication for the team runs deep, but my time for stats, tactics, rumors, hot takes, and roster moves runs shallow. I have a job, a family, even clothes that aren't LAFC related, which I sometimes wear. I was given a harsh reminder of my place in this world recently when I flew too close to the fandom sun by going with Travis to Columbus, Ohio for the MLS <laughs> Cup Finals and coming back with a fat L and a case of COVID-19. But while I don't have time for all those things, I'm still hungry for it. And luckily, my good friend Travis has not only an addiction to LAFC that rivals only Denny Boanga's addiction to goals, but also nothing else really going on in his life to keep him from feeding that addiction with obsessive research and online trolling. So each week this season, Travis was kind enough to break down the storylines beneath the surface of every match for me and is here to do it again today to make sense of this whole season in a segment we call Storylines. How long is this? Am I just going to be surprised? Oh, no. I don't like your face, Travis. I don't like what's happening here. 
Ooh, it's a short one. Ooh. Doesn't that hurt? Not, not, doesn't that hurt? not just short. It felt like even like you clipped it even. You don't know what you got till it's gone, people. You don't know yeah. what you got till it's gone. We're not in the playoffs anymore. We go back to the original storyline song. Darren, Vince, Dince, it's been almost two weeks since we lost MLS Cup. And boy, are my tear ducts tired. It was a brutal <laughs> loss. And <laughs> it's not that good. That wasn't that good. You laughed way too hard at what is a fine joke. <laughs> In fact, awful. I thought it was. I, <laughs> oh, okay. You're laughing because it sucks. Okay, good. It was we're so on the bad same page. So good. I, I, I thought you were laughing because it was really good, and I was like, "We're not on the same page." Yeah, uh, I thought you had some kind of weird emotional part yeah, of Darren. I just and like, like appreciate it so deeply because of how bad it is. Yeah, I thought you cra- I thought you cracked it's, for a second there. I mean, but that's also genuinely good. That's what I'm. Uh, you know what I mean? Fair. Right? It was a brutal loss <laughs> and an uninspired game. And really just a genuinely sad way to end the season. And I don't mean sad in like the sports fan. That was a sad performance way. Like I mean sad like I feel sad that this season ended with such a fucking dud. It hurts as a fan. It made me feel like shit for quite a while. Also, the COVID did that, but mainly the game. The game made me feel like shit. We're going to talk about some obvious off-season storylines and chat about them. But first, we haven't really had a chance to talk since immediately after the game. And I want to know, how are you guys feeling about that MLS Cup loss two weeks removed from the final? How are you feeling? Well, Darren's giddy. He can't, he can't help but laugh at <laughs> jokes. That's how bad it hurt him. I really loved that one. It was like really the opposite of going out with a bang. It was like, it really, like you're mentioning here, it was so different than what it would have been like if they put a good performance in and lost. Like it was just so shocking to the system to see them go out there and just be so thoroughly and just like not even give us any of the things that we looked for as fans that we appreciated throughout the season. I mean, not any of the things. We had Chiellini. Mario put a good game in. Bowanga was trying to do what he could while being covered by literally half the team. Like we got nothing. Like there was nothing. There was there was no like oh at least we got to see this. It was not even off the field. It wasn't like at least we got to see this. like well, Colin we were Hanks in Columbus. Becomes, like <laughs> yeah, Colin, Colin Hanks, Hanks. like bringing the MLS Cup was like like that was like. The cool thing that happened in the stadium, like it was, it was nothing, man. I just like, yeah. I I guess it makes me more hungry for the next season, I to start, which jealous. I think is why a lot of us have been in kind of a frenzy with all this offseason news breaking because it's yeah, just like I, we're still so hungry. I just was going to say I feel jealous of the Philadelphia fans from last year. Like I know that game hurt, but they got to see a really fun game, even in a loss. We traveled right. to Columbus, Ohio, and saw what was one of my least favorite LAFC games to watch. Like it was just not pleasant. It was, it was uninspired. We were thoroughly beaten. I know that there was like 12 minutes at the end where he felt like we might be able to, to bring it back. But I don't think any of us really thought that it was close there at the end. Vince, how do you feel about it? Well, I mean, just talking about the game itself. Yeah, that, that was the game. Like it was a poor performance. What's dry. What has, and this is not 
the rant part yet. What has been driving me crazy a little bit is the people that keep saying like, wow, wow our tactics were so bad again. First of all, where's the uh, again? Second, what are you talking about? Like, here's the thing. I guarantee you that Steve Trundolo and his coaching staff got together. Maybe they didn't say this explicitly because they're smarter than us and they already know these things, but they sat there and said, hmm, what have we been good at all year? Well, basically, we've been good at pretty much defending our box and then getting the ball to Denny Wong and running at teams in transition. What does Columbus do? Wow, they like the ball a lot. And in order to have the ball a lot, they got to play a lot of passes, which gives us a lot of opportunities to intercept the ball and do what? Give the ball to Denny Bowanga in transition. And I get people saying, like, that was a bad tactical perspective. But literally, that's what got you there. Like, the fact that anyone's telling me, like, well, we should have played possession. Like we 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 have a team that's good enough to play possession, but why? Why would you do that when you literally haven't done that all season? It hasn't gotten you there. It hasn't been effective. So that drives me wild. Pretty much in any game that you can think that mattered, like they played in somewhat a similar fashion. And honestly, the tactic of saying to a team that loves to have the ball, okay, you can have the ball, but we're gonna try to find a way to pick it off in in your in your you know way of playing and your intricate passes. And we're going to do what we do best is much smarter than saying, huh, you know, we haven't really been very good team with possession. Why don't we try to outpossess the team that possesses the ball better than anybody in the entire league that got here based on possession. I just don't understand that. And that was, that's what drives me wild when people talk about tactics. Cause they usually just say the word and then never tell me what they mean. <laughs> it's become, they just don't like what the team did. That, that's all it means. It's like, I wish we did something different. And that's fine. Then just say, Hey, I thought the team sucked today. I, then I would yeah. 100% agree with you. Honestly, what I walked yeah. away from that final was, man, what a bad day to have almost everybody on your team have a bad game other than Giorgio yeah. Chiellini and Jesus Maria. I I, I know that a lot maybe of – he did have a big, bad game. Maybe that's what a bad game from him looks like. We don't know. <laughs> right. I I heard one conspiracy theory in my DMs that I liked, which is all of – ever like a bunch of members of 3252 got COVID at Columbus. Darren and I were part of that. And the conspiracy is that – multiple members of LAFC had COVID and the team staff gave it from the players to two fans at Gasworks the night before. And that's how everyone got it. And so the reason LAFC was so sluggish was that everyone had COVID and we all got the Kellen Acosta COVID. So that's just something to think about. Now you got that specific strain. <laughs> yeah. And it, that's why it feels so sexy and stylish. Yeah. I want to do storylines a little bit differently today because it's an off season episode. It feels like what I'm going to do is I'm going to basically make the storylines a question and then we're going to have a conversation about it. So the first one is an intellectual argument and it's the one that you all see coming. Okay. We've talked about it a lot already. We've played 40, 53 or 54 games. I forget this season, the most in MLS Cup history. Bawanga tied Vela for the most goals across all competitions. This all despite MLS's Byzantine roster rules that, that punish the champion. We know the question that's coming. I think it's worth asking now that we have not come away from the season with any real trophy. The Western Conference final does not count as a real trophy. Do you think this season should be considered a failure or a success? Vince? And this is where I will start my rant. I've been thinking about this. (laughs) And let's be fair. LAFC has given me a lot of chances to think about whether when you lose in a final, is it success or failure? And I've thought more and more about it. And look, if you are one of those just black and white fans are like, either you win or you lose, that's it. 
Fine. That's fine. I don't even, but I'll say this to you. If you are one of those fans, why are you listening to us? You got the score line. What do you need the extra stuff for? Don't come in my mentions and be like, well, bro, they're failures. They lost. That's fine. You're black and white. We're, we're done here. Like get out. Like don't even argue with me about it. But if you are one of the Vince, we need all the listeners we can get. So uh, tone that down yeah, a little bit. Sorry. Sorry. But, but, but stick around for, uh, you know, Darren and Travis. They're, they're much better at this than I am. They do jokes too. They do, yeah, they do jokes. And they're very good. I'm, I'm the guy that's- Why the fuck are you idiots listening? Yeah, I, Stop listening, you fucking idiots. Know, what are they thinking? No, but, but seriously, if you, try to, if you try to put it all together, and I, I'm, I, I was like trying to think about it. And we talked about this a while back. And Travis, you made a really good point. It's like, thank God the players don't think this way. Because God, how would they even roll out of bed in the morning? Like if they literally check their Twitter, like honestly, how would they even get out of bed in the morning? And so I thought more and more about it and I get it. Look, ultimately when you go to a final, it's all or nothing. Like that's literally the definition of final. That's why they're fun. That's why they're engaging. That's why everybody watches. That's why for those 12 minutes when you thought that LAFC maybe could tie it and sneak out of there, we would have celebrated like we were the fucking kings of the world. It wouldn't have mattered that we got our asses kicked for the other 78 minutes of the game. But what I'm thinking here is, and this comes back to the big game thing too, every step along the way to get to a final, you have to be literally successful, right? Like you can't falter one bit to reach a final. People say, well, we weren't very good in the game. No, no, no. Don't go, don't go like nuance on me after you've been black and white about winning and losing. Like they were successful through 99% of the season. And then faltered here. Yes, ultimately, they won't come home with the trophy. And emotionally, you can be wrecked by that. And you can say, I really would have liked that. But I have to say, like, you got to spend 99% of the time being excited about your team when 27 other teams had fuck all. And we're just like, this sucks. So it can't not be at least moderately successful. It's just, it's one thing to not say, you can't, I I get it. If you want to say it's not a success. That's fine, but I can't say that you're anywhere near a failure either. I, I think I think two things get conflated in this conversation, and it's the conversation around do we do we choke in big games and is this season a failure? And I think they're different conversations because I think there's an easier argument to make that we choke in big games. I'm not saying I agree with that argument, mm-hmm. but I think there's an easier argument to make. But the idea that the whole season is a failure despite playing in three championships, that seems if you were like LAFC is going to be around for 50 years. And in 50 years, people are going to look back at us being in the MLS Cup and they're not going to go, that season was a failure. It might feel bad, but in the hindsight of history, this isn't going to feel like a failure season, at least to me. Darren, what do you think? I think if we're opening the door to nuance, it's it was a moderately successful season, exactly the way that you're saying. it. Like, If you meet somebody on the street and you talk and LAFC comes up in conversation – and they're vaguely aware of the league, they're going to be like, oh, LAFC, yeah, they had a pretty good season last season. Like, they had a good season. They're a good team. That's how we will be considered. Ask, like, the people in Charlotte if we had a good right. season. If we, right. That said, that said, if you're looking at this relative to the opportunity that was in front of us and the quality of our roster and our staff, that's a little different because those are also different from the the playing field that other people are starting with. Not everybody else had an opportunity to win that much hardware. Not everybody else had that roster and had the promise that our roster had. So I think we underperformed. So that's a good way. Uh, maybe to those it. are two different things too. A lot of that needs to be put in context too. It's like we underperformed also because of 
the rules that were put against us and then number of games we had. Would we have won the games in the summer if we didn't have all of those Champions League games and all of those Belize Cup games as well? So it's worth and all that travel. Like, I think that's a very fair way to look at it, Darren. And this whole like the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking a lot about this thing that I read about last year called silver medalist syndrome. They did a study after the Olympics and they found that on the whole, bronze medalists and the Olympics happier than silver medalists because silver medalists will always just compare themselves against not getting the final thing. I failed because I didn't get the final thing. And a bronze medalist will say, hey, I got here. I did really hard. I got a medal. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy I got a medal. But because they didn't make that one last step where they were just beaten by one person, that one person, that that failure is what they're going to taste versus we're excited we got here. Like, I bet if they ran the same study, fans of a team that lost in the first round of the playoffs would be happier than the fans of LAFC right now. Like, it feels somewhat comparable. Uh, It hurts to come in second place more than it does to succeed somewhat. And I think we had a lot of silver medal syndrome all season long. I want to move on just because I feel like we talked about that a lot this season. I think we all know that it's complicated and, and we both feel, we all feel somewhat the same way about it. I think unless you want to comment on any of that, Vince. No, I, I mean, I, I agree with it. And I, I would bring it back to the fact that like MLS is set up this way. Right. So again, LAFC was successful through most of the season. We got to have a lot of good times despite not maybe, you know, bringing home the silverware. I just, to your point, like, if you win MLS Cup, yeah, sure you celebrate in that moment. But if you have, if you were in eighth place and you did it, don't you remember the six months of like just pain and horror that you went through? No, you sometimes forget it. But to your point about the the syndrome, like it's, I, I mean, and, and this is cliche, but it's like it's the journey, dude. Like once you get there, it's the happiness just goes away after a little bit. I would say I'd happily take an eighth place season and the MLS Cup. Sure. Just say. <laughs> <laughs> just like I do understand that it means longer pain for more extended periods of time, but you're you're playing for the trophy, you know. All right. So I want to move on to, to some of the roster moves that LAFC announced just a few days after MLS Cup because we haven't had a chance to discuss these. LAFC, this is the this is the press release that they put out. LAFC has exercised contract options on Mario, Sanchez, and Eric Duenas, along with goalkeeper Abraham Romero, meaning they, those four players will be on the 2024 roster. The club declined contract options on Christian Torres, Danny Cristostomo, Julian Gaines, Tony Leone, a name I will be sad to not say anymore, Mohamed Traore, uh, (laughs) that's a name I haven't said before, Daniel Maldonado, Diego Rosales, and goalkeepers John McCarthy and Eldon Yakupovic. Yakupovic, Maldonado, and Chrysostomo will be eligible for the MLS reentry draft process, which I don't understand and I refuse to learn about. Like there's the super draft, the draft reentry process, there's allocation order, and then on top of that, there's free agency. I'm not going to learn about it, and there's better people to teach you about it. Maybe we'll ask Andrew Visnowski. I don't give a shit. McCarthy is eligible for free agency entirely, which is sad to me. Most importantly, their statement said the club is in talks to retain McCarthy, Maldonado, Gaines, Leone, Rosales, as well as free agents, Carlos Vela, Diego Palacios, Kellen Acosta, and Max Cripo. And I just want to say out loud that last week there were also rumors that circulated that Denny Buwanga wants to leave LAFC and return to Europe because of visa issues around his wife or his girlfriend. I forget their relationship. But visa problems is how we lost blessing, a thing that I want to remind everyone. It's a real problem that exists. 
question for the group of those players that we mentioned we'll talk about the ones that that everyone wants to talk about palacios Buanga, vela acosta Cropo, mccarthy who do you think of those will be on the roster next season uh Cropo and maybe just Cropo. <laughs> <laughs> so you, last time we spoke, Vince, you were confident Bowanga would come back. Have you lost that confidence a little bit? No, I, I mean, and maybe this is just him posturing. I will say the okay. So the reports about the visa stuff, you can do a, a very easy search of his Instagram and see his wife in in Los Angeles with him. So that is incorrect. Um, however, she may okay. not be able to get because uh, the report that I saw specifically said she was not able to visit, which she has visited now. Has she been able to secure a uh, you know a long term stay? That's different. Yeah. And and to your point about that being a problem, that is an actual problem. I, I understand that. But yeah, he and players do this. Like they play coy because their agents tell them to, or for whatever reason. And look, maybe his agent got to him and said, "You've never scored more goals in your entire life. It would be." absolutely criminal for you even if you want to stay with lafc to to not say anything could happen because look i can get you more money at lafc so uh, maybe but if there ever was a time for a team to maybe do something stupid and offer 15 million for a soon-to-be 30 year old it would be now darren what do you think give me that list again buwanga palacios vela acosta Crepo, and mccarthy Yikes. Yeah, I don't know if I have anyone to add to that. I, so I, I, I think it seems 50-50 as to whether they'll like work out something creative with Vela. I kind of al- almost don't care either way. Like, I kind of trust that everyone's going to end up happy with whatever ends up working out, and I'm just going to be cool with it. Like, if it turns out like they all decided the best thing was for him to go on his way, then that's fine with me. And if they found a way to make him happy and the team's cool with it, uh, with whatever contract they come up with, great. Happy to have him. I, I will say uh, I'm, I'm pretty content for those. And I made the comments about Bowanga being somewhat cryptic. Those worried about Vela being cryptic. He's always been this way. Like the entire time he's been at LAFC, like he's very well trained probably by his agent. So I don't worry as much when Carlos says things like, well, you know, both sides got to come. He's, he said that every single time anything's come out. But even when, even when it was rumored he might go to Barcelona, he was like, well, you know, whatever happens, happens. Like that's just him. So I don't read too much into what Carlos says. That, and you know what? This is true with every player in every sport because it's right. It's it's literally that there's agents negotiating this. It's not the players having face to face conversations, or at least not only partially that. It's a negotiate. It's a it's a actual negotiation happening on in a different conversation than the one they're having with the press. And, and as someone who's had agents, jobs there are to get what, what's best for their clients. Yeah, like you know, I've had agents negotiate for me before, and it's they give you a bad offer to start. And you're like, well, I'm obviously not going to take that fucking offer. So it's like, if they actually want to give me that offer, of course, we're not going to, we're, we're not going to end up working together. You know, like it is an actual negotiation and the way companies and people who, when, when companies deal with agents, they give you the worst possible offer because they know the agents are going to try to nickel and dime you. And then they, you, you end up meeting the agents come back with like, we want the most incredible offer and you meet somewhere in the middle. So I imagine that's happening for a lot of them. I want to quickly talk about McCarthy. John McCarthy is a very important part of this team. He had an incredible season with us. I would say he maybe only had like one big mistake for a guy that was, I wasn't always so sure on. Like he had, he, he, he didn't always look confident, but he was really competent all season long. I sort of hope he doesn't come back 
I think he deserves to start somewhere. I think he's proven that he can start. I I mean, I love him on the team. I really like him. I want him to make a lot of money somewhere else. He won MLS Cup MVP. He makes not a lot of money here. If you've ever seen what he makes, I think he deserves. I will be sad when he leaves. I don't want him here because I think he deserves better than playing backup for Max. And I think we should bring Max back. Acosta is an interesting one. I don't know anything about Acosta's situation. Vince, what do you know about how the team feels about Acosta and how where, what his place is in the roster. Do you think he's someone that is worth what he costs right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Worth what he costs. He does make quite a salary for a, a player in his position. And especially when you consider the types of players that LAFC has brought in, they've brought in multiple players in a similar position to Kellen Acosta. Maybe not the exact same profile because it's not the same profile. Matty Bogush is not the same profile. Tillman is closer, but not quite. But he's also kind of the only backup to Ilya. Now, if you're saying going forward that we feel comfortable with the younger guys and we can also go out and find Ilya is still our guy, we can go out and find a backup, then yes, Kellen might be too expensive of a guy to to one either be a backup or two be slight, be started to be phased out. So that's the that's the calculus that John Thornton has to make. And I think Kellen as a as a player who personally has expressed the desire to want to go to Europe at some point is either going to be saying it's Europe or a big fat paycheck. And LAFC cannot give him a big fat paycheck. They could probably give him around what he was making, but not the money that would be, you know, worthy of passing up a possibility to go to Europe. And that's where I feel like for Kellen and it kind of in the way that you, for John McCarthy, I think that Kellen deserves the right to do that if he wants to. If he wants to stay, then those are kind of the terms that we would have him at. But I wouldn't begrudge him at all for either getting paid and or going to Europe. Yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like we talked about Palacios before. I think he's gone. We love Palacios. I don't think he's coming back. I think he deserves to go to Europe. He's too good. Vela is the big question mark, I think. I think Bowanga, it would suck if he goes, but that means that LAFC probably got a real fucking huge paycheck for him. So we'll see. Vela is the big question mark this offseason. Go ahead, Darren. These guys are free agents. Are they like fielding other offers at this point right now? Sure. I mean, technically they could have done it. So the way it actually works is in football, world football, you can actually field offers with six months remaining on your contract, which I I think I brought up a a couple episodes ago. I always find it somewhat odd that especially a known quantity like Carlos Vela, he technically could have been talking to clubs well into July, like starting and, and, and not just talking to them. He could even say, hey, guess what? I found my next club after this I'm going and it happens. It doesn't happen as often because teams don't want to lose valuable. I don't really want to call them assets. They don't want to lose valuable personnel without getting any kind of compensation back for it. But yeah, they could have been talking. So in the background and there's not, there's no rule against it. Now it still happens obviously outside the six months where like there's dealings and, and kind of shady stuff, but they can be out in the open about it. Like, yeah, we're actively talking to clubs uh, about our next contract. They give you that window to find your next deal. And just to be clear too, all of them are free agents besides Bowanga. Bowanga is under contract, right. but they're, people can buy him out of his contract basically if they, they pay enough money. Okay. A couple of other things have dropped. Just some news and notes that I want to get to really quickly. Dolo resigned on an extended contract along yep. with his entire coaching staff. I think the three of us all agree, incredibly happy that happened. I know that there's some rogues that are not happy with Steve Chirundolo. I think that they're dumb based on his record and how successful he's been in this league and with this team. Anyone have anything to add about that? Or do we all agree that that was a good thing? They're dumb. Agreed. Like yeah. you're losing your mind. The guy won MLS cup and then went to another one. Yeah. He lost finals and I know you're mad at him, but again, 
tell me the tactics. Like, like just say it. Like, what are the tactics? Let's say, let's talk about Seven it. and one in the playoffs. Yeah. He's only lost one playoff game in two seasons and we've played eight playoff games. That's pretty good for a, for a first but, but Travis, time. Travis, I'm mad that Maxime Cropo had to have a good game in Seattle. I'm mad about that. And also the schedule dropped today. Pretty, pretty close to when we recorded. Anything stand out to you guys in the schedule that you want to talk about? A lot less travel. A lot less travel. Mm. I also just kind of expect that there's going to be some changes as things go on. We're not going to be doing the same CCL or CCC now dance and all these other tournaments and stuff, but something's going to come up. I don't know. I'm used to, I'm used to the schedule not meaning anything because it changes so much. So maybe that won't be the case this time. I don't know. (laughs) I want to get both of your takes about we're we're going on two seasons in a row of El Trafico, not only twice at the Rose Bowl, but, both seasons now, the Galaxy have an extra home game against us. I know that the Rose Bowl is not, te- it's not technically home field advantage. I don't know many LAFC fans that love going to those Rose Bowl games. I, I, were te- I was texting with you guys earlier today. I would consider not going to that game. It was such a disaster logistically. Like Not just the traffic getting in and out. I don't know if you remember, Darren. Remember that line that was sort of like circling around? And then once they opened the gates, it turned into a clump. And it just was like, it felt dangerous getting in and out of the stadium, not from like a violent standpoint, but from like a, if someone falls, they can get like trampled. Like there was just something logistically off about the whole thing. I don't love being in the in the open air. It's a cramped stadium. I just hate being there. We've lost there twice now. I I think I know there's a history in that stadium for Los Angeles. I think it's a bad venue for soccer. I don't think the the sight lines are great. I don't know how are you guys feeling about another Trafico on the Fourth of July. I like tradition. I like that it's a big game. I'm not. I know I'll probably end up fucking going, but I'm not excited about fucking going to that game. Yeah, the, it is a weird vibe there. I, the, maybe they were understaffed. It was, it was weird. Like I don't remember seeing very much staff at all. It's just kind of like you guys are all here. You just figure it out, right? You've been to a stadium before. It's also because they separate the fans so so harshly because they don't want fights that we were given like two entrances, and so it was just you know, 40,000 LAFC fans clumping towards two entrances. And then on top of that, you have to get in and out. It felt being more, it felt more like being at a music festival than being at a soccer game. Yeah. It's just, it's always too much of a good thing with MLS, right? Like they can't just be like, that was special, right? They're like, nah, now we do it until you never want to go there again. And hopefully (laughs) it'll be better. But it's just, it's again, they play three times. Every, I guess that's the thing now. Three times every season, it's like okay. Yeah. So and and then there's going to be the change. Well, we'll get to the open cup stuff, but you know, there's always there's always there's literally you can play like six times in a season, and it just it's too much of a good thing. And I, I it's a double edged sword too because it's like we want to pack the Rose Bowl because you don't want it to seem like Galaxy fans run LA. You know, like you want right. you want to show up in force for LAFC, but boy, do I fucking hate that place. I live so close to the Rose Bowl. I really don't want to go. I'd rather drive to Carson. I, okay, I will say I definitely it's a home game for the Galaxy, and I definitely prefer going to the Rose Bowl to going to Dignity Health Sports Park. I would say I disagree, if only because I hate the legit. It's actually faster for me to get to Dignity Health Sports Park and back than it is for me to get to the That's Rose true. Bowl and back with that traffic. Living ten minutes um, away. And I think it's cool we're playing crew at home as a rematch for MLS Cup, and I think that'll be a fun game. Okay, so I want to end storylines with a segment. We'll go through this somewhat quickly, but as we know, 
we weren't able to win any trophies this year. So I wanted us to hand out some trophies here on the show. This is a format I stole directly from my friend Jason Concepcion, who hosts an NBA podcast with Shea Serrano called Six Trophies. I highly recommend checking it out. I texted Jason. He said we could steal it. So don't fuck it at me. Okay. So here we go. I'm going to give you what they do is they present their trophies uh, with one, with one winner. I'm going to give you the name of a trophy and we're go- you're going to each give me who you think should win it and, and a sentence why. Okay. okay? So we'll, we'll go through it quickly. We all know Buwanga was the MVP for this season. Who this season deserves the Diego Rossi Memorial second most valuable player trophy? Darren? Second most valuable player? I, Giorgio Chiellini. I don't know that I need an explanation for that one. That was the easy one. I went first, so I took him. Wow. I, I, would, <laughs> Vince, I would actually. He's the MVP. He's Giorgio Chiellini. I would, what do you want from I would actually say the easy one is the most consistent player of the season is Diego Palacios. I mean, he's just a guy you can plug in. I think there was other guys that at times maybe had a higher ceiling and were maybe were much more influential, but like Diego was a guy that you just put him in there and you knew exactly what you were going to get from him. And in a season where there were some fluctuations, it was nice to have a guy that you knew exactly what you were going to get from him. I'm going to say Ilya Sanchez. I think we don't talk about Ilya Sanchez nearly enough. He's so consistent despite his age. Similar to Giorgio, but a little less flashy. He's just right and there and a great leader. I think Ilya, without Ilya, this season would have been a disaster. Next trophy, there's certain players we all know can play well. And then there's other players that we're somewhat shocked to remember that they play so well. Who on the roster deserves the Mahala Apoku Memorial? Oh, shit. He can do that? Surprise player of the year trophy. Vince? I, I, Darren's face made it made, made, made me feel like he wants me to go first. I, I mean this by, first. I mean, honest, I, I, was, I mean no, I would rather this be surprisingly bad. Okay, I, I mean no disrespect by this, but all of a sudden when Ryan Hollingshead at the very end of the season was like, "Hey guys, I could score goals again." It has to be Ryan Hollingshead because like he literally and he wasn't having a bad year, although there were some shockers, and I think Ryan would admit that. But towards the end of the year, he was he was the man, the absolute man. So I'm going to go Ryan Hollingshead. Darren, yeah, I would agree with Holl- Hollingshead. For sure. I'll give it to Kike. Just from the flashes we saw, I don't feel like he really like filled up the stat sheet enough to earn a trophy like this. But the the potential, I think, was a little more than we expected. I, I'm a little disappointed that that's all that ended up being there. But I, I still think it's there, and I'm like still excited to watch him play. And I, I was kind of like, with all the new guys who came in partway through the season, I was just like, We'll see. I don't obviously like. I don't know who these guys are. So he is the guy who was like, "Oh, this is great." If he starts scoring, like he's going to be amazing. So I still. I want to give it. I want to give it to the future of LAFC, Nathan Ordaz, a guy who came on and I think surprised us all by fucking working his way into the rotation. We played a bunch of young guys when we didn't have the legs, and he's the only guy that stuck around. I know he only had one goal on the season. But he is fun to watch. It was re- when he comes on. There's chaos. It always he created danger whenever he came on. I'm gonna give the oh shit he can do that surprise player of the year trophy to Nathan Ordaz. We talked a lot about Bawanga this year. Which player deserves the Vince Larosa Memorial Underappreciated Talent of the Year award? Darren. So this I would have given to Ilya Sanchez. <laughs> I would say he's more deserving of an award like this than. That's fair. Than That's fair. What you said. Should I give it to someone else? No. I think it's it's Sanchez. No, it's I mean, Ilya. It's yeah. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, but much for the same reasons, Travis, you mentioned. He, he's quietly behind the scenes, the whole running the whole engine. Vince, uh, who do you give the Vince LaRosa Memorial Underappreciated Talent of the Year trophy? So to? I was going to give it to Kellen Acosta because I feel like people don't understand exactly what he does. And I feel so much better, especially as we saw him towards the end of the season and in the playoffs, how much better that midfield worked with him in there. But because it's now named after me, I'm going to go really crazy <laughs> and I'm going to give it to Carlos Vela because everyone just dunks on Carlos all the time. It's like, that's a great, you know what he used to be. Pick. And it's like, yeah, I get it. He's not scoring 34 goals. Who would imagine that the best goal scoring season of all time, he regressed from it, but he's still an incredible player. And there's a lot of things that he does that are, are important to the game. It's just, we only ever think of Carlos in the sharpest moments. And it's like, if he doesn't carry his team to victory, then he's garbage. And that's just not fair. And I think that Carlos deserves a lot more credit for what he does on the field. I thought about giving the, oh shit, he can do that award to Carlos for the game at home in the Western Conference Finals where he was sprinting wildly for, yeah. for 90 minutes. It was, I was like, yeah, I forgot he could run that fast. He can't normally. He just wanted to score in what was maybe his last can't, game. Can't or won't is different, two different things. Yeah. I mean, Messi doesn't call, run he did net out. I think the level of appreciation did net out at underappreciated levels Yeah, yes. for him. I would give the trophy to John McCarthy for the reasons I said before. I think he carried us through a long season, then had the thankless job of giving the seat up despite doing really well. He had a big mistake, which gave the coach a reason to to give it back to the guy with a little bit more talent. But outside of that big mistake, he was a fucking workhorse and we couldn't have done it without him. And so I would like to give the Vince LaRosa underappreciated talent of the year trophy to John McCarthy, a man who we will also fire this offseason. We all know that can I add an honorable mention to this? Sure, yeah. Palencia. Oh, he yeah. didn't play as much toward the end of the season, so I think a lot of people forgot about him, mm-hmm. which only adds to why I think he should be an honorable mention here. But uh, uh, mostly toward the beginning of the season when we were really having, we were really thin on defense. Uh, he came in and did everything that was asked of him and more consistently. Uh, yeah, I think Bogush is is also a player who kind of fell out of our brains a little bit because he played n- not at all in the 100%. playoffs. But he was 100%. someone when we weren't playing, he just didn't fit tactically. We needed the midfield of Tillman and Acosta and, and Ilya. But when he came in there, his offense was incredible. And I think he's probably in the top three talents on our team. I think he, I'm so happy he will remain an LAFC player. And I do think we kind of forgot how good he is. We all know a big part of the LAFC experience is how fun the games are and how crazy the LAFC fans are. Which fan or fan moment do you guys think deserved the Smash Styrofoam Cooler Fan Moment of the Year trophy? Vince? 
I mean, I hate to say this because he already gets like a ton of publicity, but at that Western Conference game, the kid with the shirt off and the sombrero was literally one row over from Darren and I. And I have to admit, when we first saw him on the thing, I go, oh, it's the kid again. I was like, it's great. I love the kid. And then when I realized he was so close to us, a little brush with fame. Like I actually felt it. So I got to give it to him. Like he made me feel something. And like that kid, good for you, dude. You've made something out of nothing. That's also mine. And I'm not going to change it. That kid made himself the suit. He's the Jack Nicholson of LAFC. I'm sorry, Colin Hanks, the shirtless kid with the sombreros carrying out the MLS cup trophy next year. Oh, I would love that so much. (laughs) Far be it for me to withhold a trophy from sombrero kid. He is three out of three. Hell yeah. You're advancing in the American Idol version of this bit. And finally, the last trophy, we felt a lot of sadness and hatred this year. What player or moment deserves the Zlatan game winner, I want to eternal sunshine from my brain, moment of the year trophy? Darren, what do you want to eternal sunshine from your brain? What player or moment? Okay. So this can be uh, on our team. It 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 actually could be on any team. It's just anyone you want to get rid of. Or or moment you want to get rid of? Yeah, it's going to have to be Aaron Long. And I hate to do this. I hate to single him out. But... The worst thing about the season to you was Aaron Long? What? Jeff Talk, what are you doing here? <laughs> he like, had nothing to do with the last couple games of the season. Maybe you can't I put this on him. Maybe I won't give it to Well, he didn't have anything to do with the last couple games of the season because he sucked all season. No! So put him in. Because Chiellini and Mario were better. That, but that's not... That's not a horrible yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. That's like that's like being like, hey, Ordaz, why can't you play? Oh, because Carlos Vela and Denny Belonga are in front of me. What do you want? I Darren made it. Darren I don't gave think the that in the beginning of the season yeah, go, we would have no, described no, Maria yeah, that yeah, way. I'm sorry. I don't want to step on this. You go. You run with this. Where are you going no. with this? Darren, okay, I can give Darren, it to someone else if you want. No, 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 no. It's locked in. The Zlatan okay. trophy is going to Aaron Long, thanks to Darren. Vince, who would you give the Zlatan oh, game? Oh, I can't even finish explaining myself. No, we get it. Vince, go ahead. Can I yield my time back to Darren like we're in the Senate? <laughs> I was excited that he was on the team, and then he sucked all year. I would like to forget yeah. that. All right. Yes, I agree. It's, it is I that agree. simple. Okay, you're just it is. You're, okay. You're just circling the drain now. Now I'm gonna okay. Um, I'm gonna give it to um, and look. He's had a lot of. Sorry, you want to give me his highlight reel for the season? Uh, well, he did save a shot with his ass while face down in the yeah. penalty area. That's pretty good. <laughs> Could you do that? I mean, that didn't even take skill. Yes, that's like, I don't yes, know. Have I you seen that. Darren's that does not take any skill. It was cool that it <laughs> yep, happened. That's like pure – I mean, complete coincidence. Darren, Darren, Paolo Maldini, one of the greatest defenders of all time, used to say, if I have to tackle, I've already lost. And, and so it's all about positional sense, and that's just pure positional sense. It didn't even have to do anything. didn't even have to do anything. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to a guy. I'm going to give it to a guy that it will be no sweat to him because he's done so many good things this season. But I have to bring us all the way back to leg two of the CONCACAF Champions League final. And in minute two, a ball rolled to one. Denny Bowanga with a wide open net from about – 10 yards out and he biffed it. And if that goal goes in at the second minute at home, when everything was just like on fire, literally the stadium was so loud. I think we have a very different outcome to the champions league final. So I would like to forget that that ever happened. And we just got stomped and we didn't have ever have a chance. You just reminded me of something that I'm going to change what my trophy uh, that I want to eternal sunshine for my brain is. I know it's going to be. I I was I was going to give it to Ricky Pooj after Payaso coming back and then scoring the game winning ga- uh, goal at the Rose Bowl. Him winning the game for them was something that hurt really bad, and I didn't 
that sucked. I wish that that moment didn't happen. But what you just reminded me of, Vince, was Denny Buanga not passing to Carlos Vela against Miami at a game that we all were like, this is the one. This is the one we have to win. And when they say we didn't win big games, I do hold that up there as a moment where our team got in its own fucking way and we lost a big game on the biggest stage we've probably played on, even though we've won MLS Cup. Mm -hmm. Those are our trophies. So no one can say anymore we didn't win any trophies. Plenty of people won trophies. (laughs) When we come back, we're going to have a a nice, fun, level-headed discussion about the MLS roster rules and the U.S. Open Cup changes. And we're back. So Major League Soccer announced a number of rule changes last week. Everyone was hoping this would include more roster flexibility in the form of another designated player slot or higher salary cap or something else that I'm not smart enough to know about. But to cut to the chase here, it didn't. So what wasn't in here is probably much more significant than what was in here. We're going to get what was in here out of the way with a little, like a half game, I'm going to say. I'm going to I'm gonna give you what the what the rule change was. And you guys, rapid fire, we're going to go through these. And I need both of you guys to say, I don't care. Or if you care, you say you care. And as quickly as you possibly can, ex- explain what the significance of that is, at least just to LAFC. You ready? Yes. Yep. Okay. New competition initiatives, off the field treatment rule, medical assessment and treatment for field in a less, in a less pressurized environment. I was almost gonna, care? I was almost going to stop you before you finish. Don't care. Less pressurized yeah, environment. I, what does that even mean? It's it's they have uh, to get off the field faster. I, I'm it's yeah. I'm happy about it. I don't want to talk yeah. about it. Great time substitution rule. A substitute player has to exit the field within ten seconds. Only reason I care Great. is for a player like Giorgio Chiellini. Like let's say it was his last game and we wanted to cheer for him for like a whole minute. Is he going to get in Ooh, trouble for true. taking ten seconds? We'll Just take like the go penalty. to the sideline and wave. Move on. All right. And stadium VAR announcements. Now they're going to announce the VAR decisions like football refs, American football great. refs. Great. Do you care? Yeah. Cool. We get to boo louder. Now we Stop know what these referees' voices actually – we know their names and what they sound like. That's true. I actually do like that. Okay. Scoreboards and video boards. Like in the stadium, you're going to know how much extra time there is. Cool. Keep going. Solid correction. Yeah. Opposing players with simultaneous head injuries cleared to return have to reenter the game at exactly the same time now. Simultaneous. Absolutely don't care. Yeah, it felt like that happened anyways. (laughs) Here's the roster changes that don't include what we want. When two guys bonk their heads, that's a rule when people bonk their heads together. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. When you bonk, bonk. you got to come back. You got to – you hit the same spot in the air at the same time. You got to hit the ground at the same time too. We were were, were like, we we hope they lift the salary cap to insane things. They're like, we talked about bonking for six months. (laughs) (laughs) All right, discovery slot reduction. Discovery slots are now five instead of seven. The best part is no, I don't know what that means. No one knows if like there's it's a secret list. So like, how would you ever know? It's like when you claim like, oh, we we found this guy, right? Yeah, no, like uh, some guy like LAFC signed like the story of LAFC signing Carlos Vela. Like he was on another team's discovery list. The team was never ever. I can't remember exactly who it was, but it, it was a team that like you would have laughed at him ever going there. And again. It's secret. So who, for all we know, there's it's the same amount. We don't know. Could okay. I be on a discovery uh, list somewhere? You could be. Hell you yeah. So, you really could be, Travis. It's, it's for the possible. Tampa Bay Mutiny. Keep going. As for transferring a designated player, a portion of the transfer fees can now be GAM and not just TAM. 
This is for the conversation with Andrew. We're yeah, not we're gonna punt to punt Andrew. Is, it, I don't care. It actually care or punt Andrew. I still won't care at the end. It <laughs> is kind of cool. It hasn't really been for LAFC, but it is kind of could be kind of cool. Why? Okay. Go explain. explain uh, because generally, like, so LAFC had so much money to do what they did last season because they transferred non DP players for more money than they brought them in. That's why they had all this extra money to like sp- spread around. Normally, if you do that with a DP, like it says in the ruling, you didn't have that to spread around. You could use it for like facilities in your academy, or you could just give it back to your owners. Now you can spread it around. So that that was the designation. Great. So if we, if we sold Denny Buanga for a bunch, we could use it on other players now. Finally. Yeah. Like, but if you had done it last season, 15 million, you could just basically like, Oh, there's a new stand up emo or, you know what I mean? Stupid stuff. Okay, cool. That is cool. Residency deadline to be considered a domestic player. You have to be established. Stopping you already. Yeah. Don't care. Keep going. <laughs> okay, okay. They already kind of did this. It's hard with, to keep reading cards. When, you, when you realize you don't care. Okay, so what's missing here? Do you want to let, – let's just just yell out all the things that should have been on there that, that are missing. Oh, we'll be here for days. Go ahead. No. Well, I mean the biggest <laughs> thing for me – I don't – I still – I mean obviously adding a DP is, is like the sexiest thing. But the thing for me is just remove the roster designations. Like just make it more open. Like we've talked about in the past, if I want to have 11 starting players with all making $1 million, $11 million, which is not astronomical in terms of team salary, I can't do that because I have to slot them in as TAM, GAM, DPs, you know, mm-hmm. under 22 initiatives. So I, I would say just open that up and still within the confines of like, you can't spend a hundred million dollars, but like open that up more uh, so that I don't have to be forced into certain slots with certain players. So I, I think what, you know, I think we all, if you've been on Twitter at all, you've seen the discourse where people are very frustrated that almost no substantial changes were made. They did raise the salary cap. It was to the amount that they had decided with the players in the last CBA or whatever they call it in the MLS. It, it was That's basically all that changed and these rule changes. I think what is interesting to me more so than the changes was the conversation around the changes. And I think there was first there was the rage from from fans. And I think that would happen no matter what. They were never going to give us the, the full open go crazy that we wanted because MLS is a conservative league. And what they've done so far has worked. They bring in billions of dollars despite being not, I think, even in the top 10 leagues in the world, we're pretty, maybe we're, we're close, but like we're, we're bringing in a lot of money and a league in America has failed before. And I think everyone's a little skittish about that. That said, there was then a response from people within MLS media. And I can say the same thing about the open cup. And I, I think this, this is a larger discussion where kind of the people in power were like, why did you idiots ever think anything was going to change? What, like, wh- how could you believe that they would do anything differently? And it's like, because there were people involved in the league saying fucking Tata Martinez or Tata Martino in a, in a fucking post game said, I heard that there's going to be an extra DP slot. That that's not no one saying that. People got excited about the extra DP slot because the Messi's coach told us there might be an extra DP slot. We there was so much buzz or in all the media outlets about a possible change in how we do this, a simplification of this process as Vince wants, or the ability to spend more money. Steve Chirundolo has been begging for it, an expansion of the roster if we're gonna play this many games. I think I think it is Somewhat gross to me that there were people in the media that wanted to shit on people who were upset about this, who just want the league to get better and they want their teams to get better. 
Who the hell was that, Darren? That's my cat. Actually, it wasn't on my. Head. Oh, I thought it was a child. <laughs> you know, it's my cat. He's like, he's like, like he hey, what are you doing in here? <laughs> he almost uh, actually said that in English. Uh, <laughs> no, it's terrifying. <laughs> I, I just think it was gross to me that people were fighting back against fans wanting the league to be better. I know that maybe people aren't the most educated about how this process works. That's fine. They're fans. Don't be dismissive of them for wanting it to be more like the simple version that they know in Europe. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Sorry, I'm not laughing at you. The cat like continued the whole time you were ranting. Good, and then literally you stopped and he just walked out. Like he's like, oh, I'm done. That's a mocking <laughs> He's really, he like really, a- Andrew Visnovsky was one of the people who said this sort of stuff. He's a, your cat's a big Andrew Visnovsky fan. Yeah. Well, to be, to be <laughs> fair to, to Andrew and some, and I've been on the other end of that too. Like there are times when fans are a little bit too, like, they're just like, they're just, just change it tomorrow. It's not a big deal. And it's like, well, it, it still is a big deal. But yeah, we shouldn't be. I I I do understand a little bit. You shouldn't be antagonizing, but like, it does it does take more of a process than like you could just do it tomorrow. And I want to point out one more thing. Look, Don Garber is not my buddy. He's he's not like it's not like I like him per se. But everyone that thinks that this is all Don Garber's doing is delusional. <laughs> it's just like any other sports commissioner. This is the owners, he's doing, right? Yes, he's just doing the job of the owners. There's a reason why Roger Goodell is happy to be booed. He makes like $50 million in a year. He, literally, the owners say like, hey, bro, you're going to go out there and you're going to take the hits for all the stuff that we do, i.e. letting our players beat on women and CT and all that stuff. And we'll give you $50 million. You cool with that? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> Don Garber, you know, it, luckily MLS doesn't have quite the extent of those problems, but it's a similar type of thing. Like he's just doing what they're asking him to do. This guy does not – I bet you he's learned soccer on the fly. He did not come in as a soccer person. He's literally just saying like, tell me what the pluses and minuses are and then tell me what to say. That's all he does. But he's the soccer Don. How does the soccer Don not know about soccer? He's the Don of soccer. I mean, he does. Do you understand how that has multiple meanings? Amazing PR in terms of his Twitter name. But Twitter's dying anyways. X or whatever you want to call it. So who cares? All right. I think we'll get more in depth with Andrew if we want to move on to Open Cup. Okay. Let's get to the good stuff here. The U.S. Open Cup. They dropped all that news on a Thursday, and then at the end of the day on Friday, they decided that casually, let's drop one more thing at the end of the day here. By the way, pro teams are not going to play in next year's U.S. Open Cup. We now know that this is the first step in what was like a series of kind of snafus at this point, like that they decided to drop this news in this way and say it this way, because they announced that Pro teams are not going to do that. And then U.S. soccer has now, well, I believe the first thing this morning was like, yes, this announcement that you framed like a statement, it was a request and a proposal that we are denying and you're not doing that. Uh, but in the last four days or so, there has been a whole frenzy around this that is definitely worth breaking down because, well, I don't know. I think maybe we should just start by stating why the cup is so important and what is at stake here. Do either of you want to take that? The U.S. Open Cup is the oldest competition in the United States. It's over 100 years old. It allows basically any team that registers to have the chance to play for the championship. So that means that you do not have to be a professional team within USL, MLS, and ASL, anything. You like, you literally can just say, hey, me and my buddies. And that's why some of the teams are like the Brooklyners or the, you know, just random names from back in like the 50s. So it has history. It's gone on for forever. MLS has been a part of it for only about a third of its history. 
but has now basically like turned its back on it. So that's why a lot of people are upset. Yeah. So uh, they're upset go for ahead, good dude. reason. There's also an interesting online discourse about this, just like how you brought up with the roster changes, Travis. People were fired up. Yeah, I, I think like this is one where I almost take the opposite tack to what I did with with the the roster changes, which I do agree that I think this was dumb. And I think MLS stepped in it. The arguments that people were using for the Open Cup are maybe not arguments I buy. I think the honest thing that people should say is, we like the Open Cup. We want it to keep existing. We want MLS teams to be in it because it's fun. But when you're saying that it's used to grow the game, that this is going to kill soccer in America, that it is bad for MLS... I actually don't think any of those things are true. I think it's obviously smart for MLS to try to make more money. That's what they exist to do. Having more money keeps the league around. It keeps the owners of the teams happy. It keeps the teams in existence. It makes them want to make the facilities nicer. Do I think capitalism is good? No. (laughs) But I do think that it is a – the U.S. Open Cup is not a tournament that MLS – makes a lot of money on it's not a tournament that the players like in fact the player vince sent us a a link from earlier this year where the players association the president said as much the players don't want to be a part of this so while we enjoy this tournament because of the narrative around oh the pittsburgh fuckheads might be (laughs) might get to beat sporting (laughs) kansas city like yeah that's that's cool. It's cool when that happens, but it doesn't happen that often. And the idea that it grows the game, I want to know what you mean by that. Because I, like, when you say that the Pittsburgh fuckheads playing Sporting Kansas City <laughs> grows the game, do you honestly believe that Sporting Kansas City going to a 2,000-seat stadium in Pittsburgh that is on like a YouTube stream that you can barely watch with like a fixed camera, do you think that that helps – grow the game because are people coming out in Pittsburgh to see the stars of sporting Kansas city? Like it's not like Messi's on all the teams. I, I, I don't know. It, it just feels like, I don't know if you saw the U S open cup this year, guys, no one goes to those games. They don't. So as much as, as we want to say that we love this tournament, we're not putting our money there. Like even the El Trafico game was poorly attended at BMO. It was. It was a it was a somewhat empty stadium and we didn't know they were playing LAFC too. Like it was the worst attended El Trafico I've ever seen was the BMO El Trafico uh, at US Open Cup. I don't know. I like US Open Cup. I want it to exist. I think the arguments for it are disingenuous. Yeah, I mean the top line thing is this. MLS messed up. Like you can't you can't pull out uh, you can't unilaterally pull out of the oldest tournament in the u.s you can't just show up and and surprise even the tournament itself and go like hey guys by the way we're not doing this that's totally wrong like the, the way they went about it completely wrong but to your point it's broken and we can't fix something unless we talk about it in the right ways and this growing the game yeah. and things like that it's emotional language and i get it but it allows you to feel like you're right without having to put put any evidence forward and that's a problem because Growing the game, what again, what does that mean? And and how is it mutually exclusive? So you're telling me that if MLS doesn't appear in Open Cup, they're not growing the game because what they want to do is have Leagues Cup. Well, a growing minority that is getting to a, reaching a level is Spanish speaking in this nation. And so MLS wants to play Leagues Cup games against Liga MX, where, by the way, it is the number one supported league in this country. It's not 
the Premier League. It, it's that's not MLS. In America. It's yeah. not Syria. <laughs> so like, and also. They brought Messi. Like, they are growing the game. So you can't tell me that they've absolutely turned their backs on it. But, yes, did they go about it the wrong way? Should they be working with U.S. Open Cup to make this better? And a bigger point that Sebastian Salazar had made on ESPN is this. For the longest time, the marketing of U.S. Open Cup, which, again, we're saying is broken, has been controlled by some who's controlled by MLS. So MLS has some culpability in how much that is broken. So for them to then just go, hey – we're not together anymore. It's been a couple of years where you've been on your own and peace out. You're not doing what we what we thought. That's that's wrong. But I do think that there's some actual things we need to talk about. And a lot of things that we're talking about are not the things that need to be fixed or changed to make it better. Yeah, I, I want to have that conversation. I want to talk about like why it's broken and how to fix it. I do agree that like people ranting about like it was not the right thing to do. And it's like a shameful move. And it's like, Sorry, this is a business that I would never expect them to make a choice because it's the right thing to do. I maybe I don't think that makes me that cynical. Yeah. Like they're just not gonna do what's like right. Hate That's to, just not gonna happen. Hate to break it to you. Sports, I never sports teams, to them too. sports leagues aren't altru- aren't altruistic. I do I, yeah. Yeah, literally I I the owner of every sports team is evil. There is not yeah, a person who owns yeah, a sports exactly. team that isn't evil. They're billionaires. They're bad people. <laughs> they didn't get their money by good reasons. <laughs> right. So, but I agree with all of these people. In the sense, like, I think all of us agree with all of these people in the sense that we want the U.S. Open to include MLS teams and be good, just like everybody else does. And I, I, I think we also all get that like MLS is in a position to control how good it is. So it sucks. Like, I think we all agree that it sucks. But yeah, I, I want to like understand the roots of the business levers and buttons that are behind this, that are making this what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I also think Travis, you, you mentioned like the attendance. I do think the games on usl teams turf i think those games are well attended i think those like by standards I, of usl like they're right. they're I good they for pack USL. house for that venue when the mls team comes to town i don't know what that necessary like i think that is a question of like what genuinely what do you mean when you say grow the game like it does grow the game in the sense that like it's good for the game in america that that pittsburgh team exists Right. So you we mean, want them to be solvent. Do you mean one payday once a year for these teams? And keep in mind, the U.S. is not the only place. I know that lately, and it's been bad news, and it doesn't make me happy when teams fold. Like, there's going to be a new team in San Diego. So the San Diego Loyal tried to move on. They can't move on. They're folding. By the way, it happens all around the world. It happens in Italy. It happens in England. It's not mutually exclusive to this environment and to MLS. So it's, again, you have to sit, we have to be talking about the right things if we actually want to fix it. And we can't just say, like, well, the way Europe does it is the right way. They don't always get it right either. And and they stumbled into some of this. And I think that's where it becomes difficult for oh, a lot of pe- and the, people. Is And the FA Cup comparisons, I'm, I'm like, come on. Like, yeah. what would happen if they decided to pull out of the FA? Like, if, the FA Cup is popular. <laughs> people pay to go to those games and watch those games. They're, they're, it's like a wildly successful Kinda. endeavor. It's actually something that everybody that te- loves. No, but a lot of teams are actually wanting to not do that anymore though, too. Cause like, well, no, not from the team perspective. Yeah. I mean, fans, yeah, like of course they will like, they will go to those games and watch those games. Look, and I'm not saying this is right. Like Travis's point about capitalism and, and, and moral arguments. These are all poignant and I'm not saying this is right, but like, just think about it this way. Soccer grew up in a time like almost pre-industrial time when literally, yes, it was a community based thing. 
And this European owners got to stumble into this community-based thing and harness that power. While in America, we have entertainment-based leagues. And guess what? Europe is jealous of us. They're actually going more towards what we have. They want to close off. Like the only reason promotion relegation exists is because it happened before they stumbled on the idea of, of sports as entertainment. If they could do it all over again, I 100% guarantee you there'll be Without no a promotion doubt. relegation in Europe. So don't just look at them and give them the moral high ground because you believe that it is the right way to do it. These are all made up. It's all and, made up. Like, do, and it's not real. No reason there should be 11 <laughs> players on the field. We made it up, guys. It's all made up. Vince is yeah. like, money doesn't exist. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think the proper response is to be like, okay, the U.S. Open Cup is good. Let's fix it so that it's good. Like, it's a good idea, and it's an idea that we all want to be part of American soccer, especially given that the history of it and the stakes of it and the story of it is something that is not only just good, but like completely lacking otherwise in, in, in our story. So it shouldn't be like MLS didn't ruin it by this decision. It was, there's a problem that needs to be solved. So we should figure out how that problem gets solved. Two things. And then I think we have to move on because we're, we're running pretty long today. I, I do want to say, I do think it's right that fans are fighting for this. I, I, I don't mean to be yes, dismissive 100%. with what I said earlier. I, I, I think the arguments that they're making are somewhat silly, but I do think that they're in the right, they're on the right side. You know how the Democrats are really lame, but that's who we vote for. That's how I sort of feel in this situation. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like I. You're still going to vote the same way everyone else is. Right. I I agree that we should be in this tournament. I just think we just need to say the truth, which is that we wish it was better. It isn't good right now. I like the idea of this tournament. Let's make it work. As opposed to if they, if MLS makes this decision, they're destroying the league and themselves in soccer in America. That's stupid. And the second thing I want to say is now with the USSF coming back and saying, you're not a part, you, you can't do this or whatever. There's nothing stopping teams still from putting players who are legally on a roster on their U.S. Open Cup teams. So even though we can't technically say it's LAFC 2 playing for LAFC, boy, did LAFC 2 play for LAFC in the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. And if we if we hold, like, we're going to end up with MLS teams in this tournament with no MLS players on it or or close to no MLS players on it. And I think people need to be pre- pre- prepared for that. We didn't win this fight. It's still going to happen. It's just going to be... We can't be honest about it now, and that's just what it's going to be. <laughs> well, that's, well, there uh, is I, one thing. That's a good question, real quick, that I want to get into. Yeah, yeah, I want to get into with Andrew. There is one thing that I, I, I they mentioned on the morning footy in Golazo. There is a rule that wasn't they did not change in the new rule update that, or maybe they changed. I, I don't know. We need to ask Andrew about this. There is a limit to how many moves you can make in both directions between your team and MLS Next Pro teams. That is also limiting the depth that you're able to have on your roster that also impacts how disingenuous the argument of schedule congestion is because not only are you not allowing your teams to be deeper from the top, but you're also not allowing them to be more flexible and deeper from the bottom. And so that's affecting this as well, because I don't think you can necessarily that freely just put all the, the MLX next pro guys on your top tier team for the entire tournament and get away with it. You can't, if you move them a certain number of times, you eventually have to sign them to a first team contract. Well, let, let's, yeah. let's, Let's keep talking about it with Andrew over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash happyfootsadfoot. If you want to hear a longer, more deeply nerdy conversation, when we come back, bet it and remember it. 
And we're back. Now it's time for a segment called Bet It and Forget It. Bet It and Forget It. Every week this season, we ended the show with a bet for that week's game. We made an outlandish prediction, something that almost definitely would not happen but could have. Each week, Travis and I put up $5. If no one hit, the money rolled over to the next week. Eventually, by the time someone's weird prediction came true, they could have won a good chunk of change. And we did a couple of times. But the final pot grew to $150, and no one hit. Do we care about the last bets? I don't even remember who, what any of our bets were. I, I do remember. know that none of them cashed in a game I that think- I've already been working so hard to forget fully. Despite losing, mine could have came true, but it didn't. I bet that only former LAFC players were going to score for the crew, and that That's did not true. happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we have $150. We're going to donate it. So Vince pointed out a charity that we think will be good. So Darren and I are going to give $75 each right now to the Midnight Mission, which is a homeless services charity in Skid Row. It's been around since 1914. It's a comprehensive homeless shelter and homeless services provider in Los Angeles. And they they do both paths to self-sufficiency programs. They do food banks. They do homeless sheltering. It seems like they do a ton of stuff down in Skid Row. And we thought that because we'd played this dumb game where we pass money back and forth all year, it might be good to give it to a charity that actually does good work. And Jeff Tock can be the only one who ends up making any money off this. Jeff, if you want to show you're a hero, give your money to the Midnight <laughs> Mission, just like me and Darren. So Darren, Match it. right now Match we're both... We're, yeah, double it, double it, Jeff. <laughs> this inspires Darren, you at all. I, I, I will say... I, Check out the website. It's a great charity. If this inspires you at all to give, don't just encourage Jeff Talk to give. Um, <laughs> uh, it's at midnightmission.org if you want to uh, max our, match our $75 donations that we're sending over there. It would be rad if you did, or even if you just gave a little bit. So Darren and I are going to donate. by pre- We both teed up our websites. We have all the, the stuff in. We're just going to press donate right now. Are you ready, Darren? I'm ready. Three, two... One, press the button. I pressed I the forgot, button. I forgot to tee up the, the sound. Well, we donated the, we didn't get the money. I hate giving it to charity, <laughs> but at least it's a good one. Let's end our show there. Vince, Darren, this is our last show for the year. I just want to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy, happy Hanukkah, holidays. happy new year. We'll see you in the new year. That's our show. Our theme music was done by the insane team of James Valentine, Nate Walcott, and Louis Palmer. Also want to say one holiday thank you to all of you for still being friends of the foot, sticking around, hanging out with us, and still being listeners to the show. It means a lot that you gave us such a special year. When I think back on my year, this podcast is genuinely my favorite thing I've done all year. So I just want to say thank you to our listeners for for being a part of it and to Darren and Vince for making it so special. And anyone who's helped us along the way, whether it be with graphic design or video or just sharing our stuff, it really means a lot. So, So thank you. Along with YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you can follow us on Threads. And if you made it this far in the episode and you want to become one of those Patreons that you haven't, as a Christmas gift to us, you can become a Patreon for $5 a month at patreon.com slash happyfootsadfoot. And you get that exclusive interview with Andrew we're going to post someday soon. I don't know the exact date. You could also pick up some Hapo Sappho inspired merch like this Christmas sweater that says Holly at happyfootsadfootpod.com. Any support goes a long way to keeping the show going and the community growing. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the new year, baby. I love you. See you in 2024. I love you. Bye. See you next year. I love you. Bye. Next year. I love that. Why was this our longest episode? Bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.